As Melinda mentioned earlier, we're moving through the book of Hebrews. Get ready, because we're going to hit James, which has five chapters. First Peter does, second Peter. First, second, third John. Jude, bam, Revelation. It's going to be December. If you haven't read with us, my encouragement is that you start this week. Hebrews chapter 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Wonderful chapters for you to begin. I know how you could feel about not doing it the entire year and starting right now. Let me absolve you of all of your sin and guilt, okay? And just join us, all right? Please join us and, and read. What I try to do on Sunday is give a little primer to what we might be reading through the week. Olivia is going to pull up Hebrews 11. That's the Friday reading for this week. On Wednesday, we'll talk about Hebrews 9 during the podcast. So you have a couple opportunities each week. You can listen to the message, whoever delivers the message on Sunday, on Podbean or one, one, you know, however you listen to, uh, to podcasts. And then also on a Wednesday, we drop a podcast each week, just focusing on that particular chapter. We want to do that for the engagement sake of it and, the, and helping you think through some things a little bit better, maybe a little bit cleaner. Give you some stuff to consider. As we're moving through here, today we're going to talk from Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter or the heroes of faith. Or For many people, I could say Hebrews 11 and you'd immediately know some of the verses in your mind. It lists a lot of people, men and women, who have served God with faith mostly through the Old Testament. Famous names like Abraham and Moses and Enoch and Abel. And then at one point he says, I don't even have time to continue with Samson and Jephthah and on and on and on, right? She's going to pull up Hebrews 11, and we're going to walk through that a little bit today. But as I was sitting over here, I try to think of who the message is for in a morning. I asked the Lord to give me a face or... Uh, and, and the face, if, if the Lord gave me Joe Ford, it wouldn't necessarily mean that I'm preaching the whole message to Joe. But for me, what I know is it would be preached the way I would say it to Joe. I know Joe and particular things about him. We and, he and I share life together. And so that might come to me. One time, God gave me Jeremy Lucas, who was, he did communion today, and Evan Lunsford. He gave, both of those were the names that God gave me in the morning. And I, don't even, I think Jeremy wasn't even here, which didn't bother me at all, because I'm not trying to preach to Jeremy and Evan. I'm just trying to get a sense of who needs to hear this today, and how can I be as much out of the way as possible so that the person that needs to hear it, me included, can hear it. This morning, of course, this is a message that's going to call us into some spaces of movement. Josh actually prepped that. He's working with our students this morning, he and Mindy are teaching and serving our, our students, first through fifth grade. So he's going to have to listen to this later. But I was sitting there with I thought, man, I wish he could hear that because he just let it, open it up. Jeremy said, there's this thing that's open to us. That's what I'm going to be talking about. This thing that is open to us. God got you for a reason. He got you for a reason. My question is, are we getting 
what he got us for. Are we getting what he got us for? He got us for a reason. And so this morning as I was thinking through who this would apply to, and I'm prayerful, I'm listening. Olivia doesn't have this and doesn't have to put it up, but it's Hebrews again, chapter 4. You would have read it last week. Chapter 4, verse 2. It says, the word was preached to us as well as unto them. Word was preached to us as well as unto them. But then it says, the word did not profit them. And then it says, why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith in those that heard it. The word was preached to us as well as unto them, but the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So there's hearing the word, and then there's mixing the word with faith. That's the target audience today. That's the prompt that I got from the Spirit a moment ago. It will be probably a helpful message for everyone. God is reaching to some particular people today that need to hear, he got you for a reason. He didn't get you to just save you. He didn't get you to just shelve you. You're not a trophy. He got you for a reason. And the reason is redemption in your own life and the redemption of another. In Romans 8, 28, very popular passage, popular scripture, it says all things work together for good. We like to just quote that and roll on. There are a couple things involved in it. All things work together for good to those who, two things, love God and are the, the called. It says the called. The ones called according to his purpose. There is this purpose, this, this connected to purpose banner, this redemption banner. There is this purpose that he gives to us. All things work to good. We need to know that, don't we? Don't we get some mileage out of that? We need to know that at times because it looks like things aren't working. And we're like, okay, all things work together for the good. Yeah, yeah. When walking in his purpose. Is that a good trade? That all things will come together for good. We love him. You're here. We love, I love him. I think it's weird sometimes. I'm like, I'm in love with a man that lived 2,000 years ago. It's a lot. But I do. <laughs> I do. I'm in love with some Jewish guy I've never met. 2,000 years ago he lived. I, I, yet something in me does love him. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't do a PowerPoint on it. I'm just telling you it's there. I love him. It's not hard for me to say. As awkward as it may seem if I get all analytical, it's not hard for me. It's just there. I feel like, a, I feel like I'm built for it. Do you feel like you're built for it when you're connecting to the Spirit? When you're connecting to the Lord? But you realize all the ways that you've served other things, all the ways other things have served you, and you just realize, I'm built for this. And then there's a purpose. My mind went to Philippians chapter 3. I'm just going to read it. I'd like you to just hear me speak it. In the uh, contemporary English Bible, it's not that I have already reached this goal. 
or I've already been perfected, but I pursue it. But here's the part I want you to hear. I think, you know, I haven't reached the goal. Uh, I'm not perfect. We all can roger up on that. Yep, got it. Uh, I pursue it. Okay. I mean, you're here, right? This is preaching to the choir, right? You're here. We're pursuing all different levels, but we all have different next steps, but we're pursuing, okay? But it says this, I pursue it so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for this purpose. Christ grabbed hold of me so I would grab hold of it. And the the phrase that hit me is, are we getting what we were got for? Are we getting, are we getting what we were got for? He got me, he apprehended me, but he apprehended me so that I could apprehend something. I told him it was the contemporary English Bible, and when I shared this morning with the the transition team, the folks that are ministering to you today, and I said, yeah, I'm I'm preaching on getting what we were got for. They said uh, they thought that might have been the country uh, version of the Bible, (laughs) the country English version. Are you getting what you got for? We can make a song out of that later. Arnick, amen. In Hebrews 11, there are a lot of famous stories, as I said earlier, and as I read through it, you know, not my first time to read through Hebrews 11, but as I read through it, I was captured by almost like summary statements, like this person did that, and by faith, if you've read it, most translations would lead this way, it would say by faith Abraham, by faith Moses, by faith Enoch, by faith on and on and on, and, and, but then there's this summary thing, so Olivia, if you'll throw that up there, Hebrews 11.1, 1. faith is the confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. So there's already a setup that faith is about not seeing, right? As a pastor, people invite me into their story, and they want to know things because they think I know things. But I have to look at them often, and I say, this is that faith piece. This is that faith part where because of something I sense or feel, a lot of times I just look at how he's changed my life. Anybody else? I was going this way, we had an intersection, and now I'm going a different way, and that different way is a better way. And I know that. And that's what I lean back into in those moments. When I don't have an answer, that's what the faith is. I don't see it. Verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand. This, this, this verse 2, just, uh, sorry, verse 3, hopped off for me. By faith, we understand. In fact, I'm using my phone because I highlighted particular things through the week. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That gripped me. Like there's an invisible component to what we do, like a mysterious component, a spiritual component. God calls us into that space. What's seen was not made out of what was visible. Everything you see was made out of the invisible. (laughs) A word. But a word mixed with faith. That's the word that profits. The word is the word, but the word mixed with faith is what profits. 
By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. And go down to verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. And, and, uh, without, and then verse 6, probably the most famous verse in the whole chapter. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Two things there. Just believing that he exists. Occasionally I get challenged myself. I'm like, do I actually believe that? Because this is the stuff that buys groceries at my house. So do I actually believe that? You don't have to give me an amen on this. Sometimes I act like I don't believe he exists. Because sometimes I act like things are only the tangible that I can hold and handle. And the circumstances and some number on my bank app. When I look at that, and that number is a particular low number. And I'm driven by those circumstances. Or when I hear what someone says, or I see a particular report, or there's something tangible. I can tactile, I can touch it, I can see it. I forget about the invisible. I forget about the things created out of nothing by his word mixed with faith. Believe he exists. And then he rewards those that seek him. And I love to make this point. I've been making this point for a long time. He rewards those who seek him. When you seek him, guess what the reward is? Him. I don't know if I'm the only one that needs recalibrated with that often. It embarrasses me how much I need to be recalibrated with that. To realize that in all the busyness of the church and all the activity and all the programs and all the things, and, and goodness sakes, Sharon years ago coined it. She said, we're the no-frills church. I'm like, yay. Yay. I just want simple connection, love God, you know, listen direction throughout the day and there's still so many moving parts you get bent over the axle and just wrapped around everything intense and you forget i forget i'm we're seeking you you you're my reward i love doing this stuff with you every week but he's our reward the tangible overcomes and and, and overshadows i forget by faith, Noah, verse 7, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, and verse 9, let's look at that one. This is one that highlighted for me, again, you can see I, I highlighted it on my phone. By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. That got me. Like I'd never read it before. Don't you, do you, do you? Do you enjoy when you're reading the scripture and you've read it so many times and all of a sudden you're like, hmm, don't think I read that. When did they sneak that in there? You know, those kinds of things. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. He lived in a tent. Tent living is mobile living. Tent living is from here to here to here. 
Occasionally, the kids and I would go hiking, and we had a long enough hike or a long enough stay that we'd pack tents. That wasn't where I was going to start getting my mail. (laughs) He was a rich man. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were wealthy. Some of us might live in tents, literally in this room, live in tents. Because that's what we can afford right now. Those are the resources we have. Or our family of origin as we were growing up like that's what we had. That's not his story. Abraham could have had a house in Florida, a house in the Northeast. He had something out West, right? He was loaded. And I know if I've got all the cattle and sheep and everything else he has... I don't want to truck all that stuff down the road. But he's searching. He's walking. He's looking. Let's pull stakes, fellas. Everything's going down the road. A lot easier to just sit. But he's searching. Hear my heart today. It would be so much easier to just sit and just be happy and sit. I'm all about content. But when there's a calling, there's a calling. And when the word is spoken, I want us all to mix it with faith and go outside of this building into the Monday through Saturday church Because we live in tents. We're not parked here. I've seen that for years. I'm not. I'm 54. I've only lived a few decades. But I paid attention most of those decades. And I've seen church my whole life. And what happens is you've got a group of people. And then there's a revelation. There's a revelation of the Spirit. And some of those people say, I see it. And they go over here following that lead of the Holy Spirit, and then they build a tabernacle. And they stay there. Research church history, it just it happens it's again and again and again. And then this group, somebody out of that, gets a revelation. And some of those folks break away and come down the road excited. And then they say, you know what we should do? I have an idea. <laughs> Let's get some bylaws and a building. Boom. And now they're parked right here. That's been going on a long time. Peter and James and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And you know what his response was? This is awesome. Let's build a church building right here. That is apparently the normal response. I want us to live in tents. Because when the cloud moves, I want to move. When the pillar of fire moves, I want to move. We want to go where he leads. We are not going to be a church that invites him to us. Here we are, Lord, 2901 South 7th. If you could grace us with your presence, we have some things we'd like you to do. That will never be this church.
Where are you moving, Holy Spirit? And we gather to celebrate you, and then we're trying to go out and be the best Monday to Saturday church you've ever seen. The best Monday to Saturday church that's being led and guided and listening. We're listening. We're listening. And we're humble. We're broken. We just want to be with you. Lead the way. It struck me. It struck me. He said tents. He lives in tents. Are we getting what we were got for? This salvation that God has given us, this isn't a one-banner community of faith. This isn't a one-banner church. I don't think the kingdom of heaven is a one-banner kingdom of heaven. I go down to verse 14. I just continue to read. And in verse 14, it said, People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. But, and if they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had opportunity to return. You see, somebody needs to preach every week because we need the reminder. We get out there all week long and we get drawn away and pulled away and entrenched. It's called, the scripture calls it the cares of life. The cares of life get us. And you know what the cares of life do? Anybody know the parable? Jesus talked about the parable of the soils, thorny ground. The thorny ground was the cares of life. What did he say the cares of life do? The thorny ground, what does it do? It chokes out the word. It chokes out the word. It suffocates the call. It suffocates the fresh voice. It suffocates the fresh anointing. That anointing and that ministry and that voice that we need, we need it every day. We're built for it. He apprehended us so that we could apprehend that. I read on. 22, 23, by faith Moses, by faith Moses. He got a lot of press out of Hebrews 11. Verse 27, it continues to talk about Moses. You see, he was looking forward, not settling. Abraham was looking forward, but again, not settling, looking forward. Moses, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. And this just grabbed me again. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Are we seeing him? Who is invisible? The great God, the invisible God, mighty majesty, mystery. Peggy reminded me of a story sitting with Bill and Peggy the other day, and she she was reading something that I'd written, and she reminded me of this story. I was in Oregon 15 years ago. It was a youth event, a big Saturday student ministry thing, big deal. Churches coming together, all that. I'm sitting out on a picnic table. I'm looking at the towering pines in Oregon. We were on the coast. It was so beautiful. 
It was, this, it was a fall day like this, as I recall. And I had a bottle of water. And I was thinking about what I was going to say and speak and listening and praying and that whole thing. And I looked at that bottle of water. And it said carbohydrate zero, calorie zero, potassium zero, sodium zero, protein zero. Every single thing on that nutrition label was a big fat zero. Except, do you know what was in that bottle? Life. Life was in that bottle. Try going a few days without it. Try going a few days without that water. We know. We can go a long time without food, not so many days without water. You look at the label of what it says, and there's nothing in it. Who would ever go and look? I've got to look at labels. <laughs> I've arrived at the place in my life where now I'm a label looker. I have to look at labels and I have to, like, see, you know. And <laughs> I look at that. I'm like, hey, this is, what is this? Everything on it, zero. What's in here? Nothing. Why would I want that? Why would I pay $1.89 for a bottle of nothing? Except we all know it's life. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. The folks that are going to make this next step of the journey that God is calling us to will be the ones that can mix faith with the word of God that I'm preaching today and see him who is invisible. That's what makes it faith, right? Well, I need to see something first. Uh, hmm. That's what makes it faith. And then finally, what was so amazing to me, all the way down to verse 35, Liv, talks about people that shut the mouth of lions and quench the fury of the flames, escape the edge of the sword. And in verse 35, it says, women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released. You know what that implies? That I could be released. I was reading through that like, whoa, 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 what, 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 oh, what? Refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Who are those people? I'd like to grab them for a coffee. Like, who are they? You have an opportunity to be released. I'm not interested in being released. Because I want to get what I was got for. I want to get what I was got for. I'm not interested in that easier road. I'm interested in the God road. I'm interested in the spirit road for me. This is not everybody on the same thing. It's the same spirit. But that spirit gives different giftings. Different giftings as the spirit directs. This is all of us walking our road with him. They refused to be released could have been released, but they said no. Nope. We're looking for something better. Anybody with me? We're looking for something better. I believe there's something better. Not better than Jesus, but something better than just salvation. Something better than just freedom. But redemption 
and walking in that space for which I was prepared. I'm apprehending that for which I have been apprehended. I am getting for what I was got for. I have a couple of buddies. Shout out to Jeff Everidge and Joe Rehack. It would thrill my heart if they ever heard me say their name on this sermon. Two of my friends from the Naval Academy days. Both those guys were SEAL team operatives. My younger self used to work out with them and swim with them and hang out with them. and They, they went to Coronado and they went through the whole deal and became officers, naval officers in the, in the SEALs. There's this thing on the beach in Coronado. It's a bell. Anybody ever heard of the bell on the beach in Coronado with the seals? Right over there. You're over here holding a log <laughs> with 15 other guys having the surf constantly just beat the tar out of you. And you can glance over, there's the bell. And you know what those guys do? They remind you that there's a bell. Would you like to ring the bell? It's going to be a little different than ringing the bell when you leave Arby's. It's going to be a little different than that bell. This bell says, I'd like to be released. Ding, 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 ding. And when you ring that bell, everything stops. They all watch you walk away. You can look over and see it. It's there all the time. They'll remind you of it. I'm sure we have an adversary that reminds us of it as well. You can ring the bell if you'd like to ring the bell. See, a lot of times we think ringing the bell is just, well, I'm saved or I'm not saved. I'm living for God or now I'm not living for God. I'm talking about ringing the bell on redemption. I'm talking about ringing the bell on purpose, where you realize that you were gotten for something God saved you for his purpose. And to live in that is your ultimate, my ultimate fulfillment. It is the path. It is the journey. We go for a workout. How was your workout? Oh, man, I sweat like a pig. Isn't that what you were trying to do? Woo, I'm exhausted. Wasn't that the idea? Now I'm preaching to y'all, aren't I? Now I'm getting in your business. <laughs> well, isn't that what you wanted to do? Michael Jr., he tells jokes. He says, I was going to go. I went to the gym, and I was going to go on the treadmill. I was going to work out on the treadmill, but it was upstairs. <laughs> Don't want to go upstairs. Don't want to do that. Don't want to walk upstairs to work out. The other day, I, uh, Melinda's car was getting worked on, and it was in Paris, and it had some windows needed re replaced. And uh, so I thought, you know what? They'd have to drive over with me and Chip and Melinda and my truck, and my truck gets about four miles to the gallon. I thought, I'll save 15 bucks, and I'll just ride my bike over there. Beautiful day, so hopped on my bike, and it was like 25 miles is what they said. It turned out to be 27 Felt like 67. <laughs> One of the things I had not figured into the equation was that constant 15 mile an hour west wind. 
I just, I didn't put that together. I told someone earlier this week, and they're like, well, you're stupid. You should have. <laughs> okay, I'll wear that. I biked over there, and I was good for a little bit. People asking, were you cold? Cold was not the problem. Cold was not the problem. My thighs, I, I, I looked, I Googled. I looked up in Google if you could have a thigh replacement. <laughs> like, I'm like, dear Lord. It was horrible. And somewhere in that whole mix, I'm biking, and I'm thinking, this is, you asked for this. This is what you wanted. You wanted a workout. I was getting a little more workout than maybe I'd bargained for. But I was wanting a workout. Man, it's a hard workout. I thought that's what you were doing, working out. I thought you wanted to be pushed. I thought you wanted to find your limit. I thought you wanted to hear about your resilience and your grit and what do you got in the tank. That's what was going on. Isn't that what we were doing here on this 27-mile bike ride? What did you think this was going to be, Andy? <laughs> and one point out there, I was on some country road at Sanford or someplace, and I was trusting that the, you don't get any cell coverage there, but I was trusting the Lord could hear me. And I was out there, and I tried to, I tried, I spoke against the wind and the sea in every version of the Bible that I could think of. I was like, peace be still. I said it loud. I said it soft. I said it with a joyous singing voice. I, my preacher voice. I did, like, and I waited and bam, I got hit with the wind again. <laughs> the wind did not let up. I got nothing. I came home and told my loving and supportive wife, who said, the Lord is probably just giving you a lesson. A lesson in ministry, a lesson in, a lesson in walking with him. She's not wrong. Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says that uh, we follow after love and desire spiritual things. We are to follow after love and desire spiritual. And when we desire spiritual, this is what we're going to get. We're going to get bike rides like that. We're going to get turns. Our GPS put me on a gravel road, for goodness sakes. I'm like, whoa, man. My tires are the size of my thumb on that bike. I had to walk the bike for a mile and a half. It was, it was spiritual. <laughs> it was something. Often we pray to be out of a situation that the Spirit is actually leading us into. I want you to hear that. We can like rebuke Satan and pray, try to pray our way out of a situation. I'm on that country road going, peace be still. I'm trying to pray against a situation that as I walk through these, what these three banners represent, as I walk through the redemption of life, as I walk through making sure that I'm getting what I was got for, as I'm moving through those places and it gets a little rough and it gets a little shady and I'm not sure and circumstances and I forget that invisible God from whom all things are created... And instead of just hearing the word, I know I need to mix it with faith. Those moments, I can pray against the very thing the Lord is authoring in my life.
That's not where I want to live. And when I get in the word of God and when I get with you and you pray for me and we mix it up throughout the week and groups or working together, phone calls or just drop by visits or grabbing a coffee or whatever those things are, and we remind each other that we live in tents. We are sojourners. We are spiritual people. We're not looking to come down the road, get a revelation of what God is doing, and then park it and set up some big edifice. I'm not interested in that. I don't believe your heart is interested in that either. And I think if we will pause and listen to the Spirit, it will call us. It will lead us. It will confirm what I'm saying to you today. Creation testifies there's something else. All this stuff was made out of the invisible. Abraham was mobile, just lived in tents. Moses saw the invisible. Some refused release, waiting for a better resurrection, something better. I was pondering this this morning, and I felt the Holy Spirit just vroom right over me as I thought this. I wrote it down. The first two banners are changing you. The third is changing someone else. So what kind of change is happening in somebody else because of the change that's happening in you? You were gotten for a particular reason. And we love the change that happens in us. But what we can do is just sit here and celebrate the change that happens in us. And here's the deal. This isn't just about reaching people and growing a community of faith. It's about you and the fulfillment of your own life because this this is Exodus 6. This is what God set up in Exodus 6. Yes, saved. Yes, free. And yes, listening and walking. And so those that can hear it today, I'm telling you, God's calling you to say, affirm for you, confirm for you. You weren't just called to sit. You weren't just called to be on a shelf. This isn't just like, hey, good to see you. You're saved. It's called according to his purpose. Let me wrap up here for you today. Several people in the last week have told me that they are right here. They've approached me. I don't even think I, I don't even think I, I wrote down several names. I don't even think I can remember. I feel like I'm missing a couple people that have told me that this week. They're sensing something, seeing something, hearing something. I want you to think I preach good. I want you to be happy when I walk up to preach and it's Andy and you're like, oh, good. Okay? So I, I appreciate that. But this is not affirming to me what I'm about to ask you. Are you sensing this call? Am I in left field? Am I off target here? Am I not hearing the Spirit of the Lord calling you? Because I believe this is a message of affirming what God is calling you to. That little flicker of a candle. Or you've been thinking about it. Or there's a moment. You could envision yourself walking in a ministry led by the Spirit, but then you're like, oh, I don't know. Am, am I off on that? 
you're like, oh, I'd like to do that. I, uh. Okay, back to work. Like that kind of thing. Hey, the Lord is calling you into it. Bo and Olivia approached Melinda and I this week. They said, we're feeling drawn to do this, and it's no small task they're wanting to take over. We sat and talked with them. I loved it. And I will come alongside and support them and Arnick together. We're going to support the two of them as they step in to areas that they feel God is calling them. Let me just, let me just be super transparent with you for a minute. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> You're normally pretty transparent. Let me be super transparent with you. I, uh, I don't really like to ask you. I don't like to ask you to do stuff. I probably should. I preached a message a few weeks ago apologizing that I don't ask you to do things. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians. Some of it's my, my own makeup that I just want to do it myself. I'll just do it myself. But even beyond that, I, I, I don't know how much I value in asking you. And I should probably be better at that. I don't think I'm going to be, but I should be. I don't know. I'm not any good at it. I've never been good at it. Maybe I'll change. I've just, just never been good at it. What I love, what I believe in, and I think that's actually the deal. This is what I believe in. I believe in the Spirit talking to you and then you talking to me. That's what I believe in. That's what I trust so deeply. Did you understand what I just said? I trust more the Spirit talking to you about what you're supposed to do and then you come in and talk with me than the Spirit talking with me to tell you. I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. Toxic church in my past, I don't know. I'm trying to do business with it. I'm trying to figure it out. But I do know this, that when God is talking to you and you say, hey, I feel like God is saying this. I love that. And I've had moments for sure. Uh, Jeremy was up here today. His wife speaks. Kelsey preaches. She's wonderful, fabulous. I sat with Kelsey one time. I said, hey, have you ever thought about preaching? After we called 911 and they finally got her resuscitated and all that kind of business, I said, okay, have you ever thought about it? And she's like, nope. I said, well, I think I sensed something. So I'm cool with that part. I'm cool with like, hey, I think I sensed something or I see something. Or have you ever seen that in you? As you're built around ministry and faith, like I, there's fruit. There's ministry fruit in my life from that. I'm good with that. But what I love is for God to talk to you. I came out of a church culture where God had to talk to the pastor and that's the only way anybody heard anything. I don't value that so much. I want the Spirit of the Lord to talk to you. Bo and Olivia did that. Andrew talked to me yesterday. He talked to me about how God is calling him into something, guiding him into something, working, and he said, I think I feel like I need to do this. Put me in there. I'm like, okay, I can help you with that. Justin, was it this week you called me? This week, last week? I, in the last couple of weeks, Justin called. He said, let me tell you the stuff that God has put on my heart. And he had a list. And we talked through those things. And I haven't forgotten that call. I haven't talked to you since that call, but I haven't forgotten that call. And I pray about that call. And what can happen? How can things be done? 
Tina approached me the other day. Others approach, like, they're like, here's what we're feeling, here's where we are, God is talking. Like, that's, that's what I do as a pastor. That's the gifting of an apostle that comes alongside you and helps you see that gift and walks with you through it, and I am up for that. And I believe God is calling us into that space. And I don't think anybody is outside of that circle. Because God uses you in such a specific way. So I'm going to pray over us, and then I'm going to ask Deli to come up, close us out today. Refusing to be released so that they may gain an even better resurrection. Salvation is awesome. I mean, it's, it's the greatest acceptance and belonging I've ever felt. I believe it is. Freedom to walk without all the shame and the weight is amazing. But when I walk in that redemption place, it's like a better resurrection. It's like a resurrection of my life and purpose even now. God, guide us into those spaces where you walk and where you lead, where you are invisible yet we see you. You are invisible, yet we see you and we sense you and we begin to understand and we know you and we begin to know your voice and your ways. I am excited this morning, standing here, I'm excited at what you're saying. I don't know all the things you're saying. But I trust in this moment of connection in this ministry moment right here, you're saying, you're speaking. You've already been talking. You've already been speaking. You've already been prompting. Lead us, Jesus, into those moments. Lead us into those moments. Lead us into those spaces. And by the power of your spirit, guide us. Pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 As closing here, I would... I would like to say that what Andy was saying is, is hard. It's a little hard. Thinking about faith mixed with words. And that we all have purpose. Every single, every single one of you in this room, I want, you, I want you to just open your ears to what, what Andy said and what I'm saying, is you have purpose. You have meaning. You have value. But what happens is those other two things start getting a little shaky. But can I do it? Do I believe I can do it? But that's where, that's where the word starts kicking in there. What does the word say? The word says you can. The word says you can persevere. The, the spirit of God is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And that's the truth. That's the truth. So I want, you, I want you all to just, as we are thinking about what is, what is the purpose for me, what is the purpose that God is calling me, Holy Spirit, speak to me and tell me what it is that I can step into by faith. And what came to, what came to mind was that this lady who was, who was sick, who was bleeding over and over and over for years. And Jesus walked into this town, 
and there were so many people that they were just crushing Jesus. It literally says they were crushing him. They were, it was so packed. And this lady just pushed through this crowd just to touch Jesus. She had to persevere. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy, this Christian life. It really isn't. It's not easy. It says here in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, that I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this last thing. I, I really I almost want to preach another one, but I know we got, got more time. It says here that in chapter 12, endure hardship as discipline. And then it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, this is the good part. It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So strengthen your feeble arms and weak feet, or weak knees, sorry, and make level the paths for your feet so that the lame may be disabled, or the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So I think about that. Lord, help us to have those strong legs to push through the wind. Lord, help us to have those strong arms. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to pray that right now as we leave. Would you, would you all stand with me? I'm going to pray that over you right now. If you would even just reach out to somebody, Lord, right now. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you have grabbed us with your love. You have grabbed us. You've captured hold of us. So Lord, help us to not be pushed down by the cares of this world to be suppressed by the things that are opposing us, to the things that Satan is putting in front of us, the blockades, the strongholds, the things that are to steal, kill, and destroy the joy that I have in us. Lord, I pray right now that there is strength inside of each one of you. Strength for your legs to walk. Strength for your arms to reach out and grab that cloak to be healed for a purpose that is greater than me. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you have done that. You have grabbed a hold of each one of our hearts here today. And if you haven't, Lord, let us to open our hands and receive that love that you have for us because you have received, given us that love for a purpose. It is so that we can be healed, be trained, be disciplined, and persevere in all of it. Lord, let it all be so today in this room, in our hearts, in our minds. We cast down every thought. We take captive every thought. And we put it to you and your word because that word is how we can trust. That word is assurance. That word is a guarantee. Help us to stand in your grace today to be able to walk through the things that are going to be hard in the, in the future. Lord, we thank you so much. In your great name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Be blessed today. Have a great day. Great day.